0: To the Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast. I am Larry Monkey. You can find me on Twitter at ffLarryMonkey, and Mister Run DFF's got the night off tonight. He was, he ran that five k last Saturday. I ain't heard from him since. I don't know. I think he's still running. I don't know <laughs> what he's up to, man. But uh, no, bro, Justin Justin's busy tonight. We had this great guest scheduled. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to reschedule this guy because you don't want to let somebody slip through the cracks. Somebody of this stature. This scholarly individual, the Gridiron Scholar, John Love. How are you doing, my man?
1: I'm doing great. I appreciate (laughs) it, man. I mean, it is draft season. It comes upon us so quickly. I feel like the college football season just ended with Alabama. You know, they're winning against Ohio State. Super Bowl literally just finished, what, 72 hours ago, maybe less, 48 hours ago now. So here we are, but you know, I've been looking at these players for the last four weeks, five weeks. So I'm ready to rock and roll. And I think I will say this in my eight years of doing draft analysis publicly. I mean, I've always followed the draft for 40 years, but like actually having it on paper, publishing my thoughts. I've never seen people so excited this early as they are this year. I my first ever profiles were published in like early March. And I thought that was early, back eight years ago. Now wow. I just published my quarterbacks yesterday. I mean, today, and it's February 9th.
0: <laughs> and I feel yeah.
1: like I'm just – I'm not at the front of the curve. I'm not at the back of the curve. But people are into it already, my friend.
0: Dude, it's rookie fever, man. It's rookie right? fever. And, I, and I'm, I'm right there, man. I'm, I'm ready to consume it. I, I'm all – <laughs> Some folks like to take – I get it, man. They take a couple weeks off and – you know their their teams lay dormant, and you're and you're sending trade offers, and they're just sitting out there. And but now the Super Bowl's over, MFL just flipped over today. Yeah, uh, they just rolled over. So boom, everyone's draft picks kind of you know sorted itself out, and now I think it's boom. Let's get let get it on, baby. Let's do this. Rookie, Who can I get with 108. Who's yeah. on the
1: chart at 108?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, the Senior Bowl just happened. This year, everything's different. But in your experience with all the Senior Bowls you've covered and stuff, have the Senior Bowl work for you this year?
1: I think the Senior Bowl is always important, but I do think this year is more important than normal because we are not having the combine. The combine is going to change all of our analysis. I use the combine. To me, there are certain benchmarks that you want certain players to hit in three cone drills, 20-yard shuttle. I'm not too worried about quarterbacks. I'll be honest. The quarterback at the senior or at the combine means nothing to me. I'm done by my analysis. But the running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, Um, it means so much in my opinion. So we're not going to have that. And we also know that the home team pro days – or these regional pro days however they set them up they're going to cook the books a little bit we know historically <laughs> like if let's just say for purposes of this podcast if a player was going to run a 450 at the combine right we tend to know that at the pro day that player is running a 4.45 so there's always a little time cooked into there so i do take pro days with a you know with an eye of skepticism, a wise eye of veteran skepticism. If I see someone blow it away, let's say they do a four-three, right? Now I'm still a little skeptical, but even if you take in the home cooking, still a four-three-five, four-three-six, right? So you have to learn how to look at it. But I like the fact that we've had the combine, it's four days. Everyone's comparing apples to apples oranges the oranges. So that's going to hurt some analysis, especially on the back end where you're trying to do those tiebreakers, fourth receiver to sixth receiver. To me, the senior bowl has always been, here are players who I've watched senior year of college, for whatever reason, they might have underachieved. They're a juco player. As an example, last year, Brandon Ayuk, coming from a juco program, he played behind Nikhil Harry, who was the number one pick by the Patriots. You can say whatever you want about Nikhil Harry, but he was still a first-round pick. Sure. So then Brandon Ayuk gets his chance, and he pops. But we didn't know how good he was. We didn't know what to totally make of him. Then you see the senior bowl like, oh, this kid's legit. Same thing happened, David Johnson coming out of northern Iowa. I think it was 2015 or 2014. Forget exactly saw him at the Senior Bowl practices, saw him at the, on the Saturday game. Look, at, I knew right then he's an NFL player. Quarterbacks, we the Carson Wentz coming out of North Dakota, could he play and perform at this level of competition? He, he popped on the Senior Bowl. So I do use the Senior Bowl. Terry McLaurin, because it's interesting, yeah. because he wasn't a huge dynasty asset two years ago. But if you saw him at the Senior Bowl, Terry McLaurin was great. He was beating cornerbacks all over the place. But the narrative had been written. Oh, he didn't break out at Ohio State. The early production wasn't there. The breakout age wasn't there. Everyone found reasons why he couldn't succeed. But if you read between the lines and you looked him at the senior bowl, you began to say, "Ah, this young man can play. And then the, I believe he was a second round pick, right? I could be wrong. So then the, then Washington invests draft capital in him. Should have been more aware of Terry McLaurin earlier. And last year, how about Antonio Gibson? Yeah. I loved him at Memphis as a wide receiver. He had 33 career carries. What was I to do with 33 career carries when he's a running back? And some of them were jet sweeps. But look, if you follow him at the Senior Bowl, you start to hear the whispers. The young man can play running back. He's better in the backfield than you think he is. He he basically was drafted as a running back, and look mm-hmm. what he just did. So I, I think the Senior Bowl has more importance than the general public, and I think this year, because we're not having the standardized mm-hmm. combine,
0: sure. the Senior
1: Bowl was important.
0: Yeah, and you had a lot of – was it more – Big names than, than usual? That yeah, went? I think... And you had a Najee Harris went in, and he's talking to everybody. And Yeah, uh, I don't think Najee
1: Harris, Mac Jones, or Devonta Smith go if right. there's the combine. Right. And I think more seniors would have bypassed. But some of them, want, it was about getting in front of scouts, getting in front of um, uh, organizations, personnel, interviewing, that they needed this opportunity to become more, aw- the teams become more aware of them in the draft process.
0: So you are the Gridiron Scholar. And well, you- that's
1: debatable, but you know, okay. <laughs> the NFL Draft Seminar, I started last year with uh, my great teammate, Matt. And Matt was working, him and his partner, Zach, had a company, the Dynasty Draft Room. I needed a new partner for my draft seminar program. And I like to do the analysis. And I like to look at film. And I like to make people who are not aware of college as much as I am. Because if you know yeah. me, I also love college fantasy football. So I spend a ton of time watching college football. And that's uh-huh. just easily made itself into, you know, draft prospect rankings. So I wanted to, like, I liked you coming out of Arizona State because I had him on my college fantasy football team two years right. ago. And I saw him play. Um, so I now I didn't expect him to go out and be as good. like, I'll be honest. It's not like he was my top rated wide receiver, but he obviously I had known about. So I wanted to share with other people. So Matt and I partnered up last year and we did the draft seminar. Now this year, what's happened is Matt and Zach had an opportunity to merge their website with the NFL draft Bible and the NFL draft Bible. I believe they've been around since 2002 if there's a logo that we have, and I think it says 2002. We now have our shows on NFL Draft Bible because the Dynasty Draft Room no longer exists. And basically the draft seminar is we go through the history of the player. Matt has a film evaluation score that he provides. I'm I'm an historian, so I like to go through the player's history. What type of prospect were they in high school? What did they do at the college level? matt goes through the film tape and how he scores the player then we watch film together about two minutes of player highlights we talk about the highlights and then i have production models that i use to rank my players and then we go through the model and it's basically an eight to ten minute that you can get acclimated with the player
0: they're fantastic i banged out about four of them today (laughs) Uh,
1: i think they're pretty quick that's what we're trying to do right
0: Oh, yeah. I listened to Superflex City, where you were on with Swags. Yeah. And it was great. Swags one you know, of my
1: best in the industry. I've known oh, him for yeah, a while.
0: We've had him on the hot sauce Pod. He's a great guest. Absolutely. And, uh, so when you're doing these evaluations on players for your seminars, is there anybody that surprised you, good or bad?
1: Well, that's a great question. Now, the, our individual shows, we've only done five. But what I can refer back to is we did Senior Bowl previews. And we did them by position, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight end. We wanted to get the viewers ready for the Senior Bowl. One Mm -hmm. player that I had watched but was so much more impressive than my original note-taking, because what I do is I take notes throughout the season. I'll schedule like I probably, I probably literally watched Trevor Lawrence play 18 times live Mm -hmm. and. But that's all three years, you know, and that was easy because you knew right away he was going to be a draft pick. I didn't know he'd definitely be number one, but you knew he was good. Um, So anyways, and like Najee Harris, I've seen the last two years, probably 12 times. But I've seen Dwayne Eskridge of Western Michigan because when you play college fantasy football, the MAC conference, Scores a lot of points. So you've got to know Western Michigan, Central Michigan, the entire MAC. And he was really good in 2018, but then he got injured in 2019. If you also remember this year, the MAC started late. I think the MAC kicked, no, they kicked off before the Pac 12. So the Pac 12 kicked off their season last. The MAC was like second to last. So I okay. think Eskridge only got in five or six games. Forget exactly how many the the uh, Mountain or the MAC conference played. And I watched them a little bit, but they were Thursday nights. And, and you know I'm looking at other players late in the season. But I went back to my notes. I had liked them. Then when I went to do the Senior Bowl film study, Dwayne Eskridge was unbelievable at times this year.
0: Wow, unbelievable. Nice. I know he flashed at the on the, at the Senior Bowl.
1: Yeah, and you've got to watch the tape. The kid is great. I mean. Yeah. He could be a second round pick if a team falls in love with him, but I project him as a third day two third round is would be if you ask me if I was a gambling man on draft, I right. would say third round, day two. but I'm always, I've been around long enough. I'm an old man. Any player can catch the eye of a coaching scat, staff or a scouting right. department. and if there's one staff that just says, this is my guy, they might reach up as last year. I think, remember, Larry, did we think Brandon Ayuk was a first-round pick? Now, some people did. Daniel Jeremiah, some of the big time. I had him as a second-round great. 49ers loved him, took him in the first round. Someone might look at a Dwayne Eskridge and say, there's no way we're getting him at the end of the third round. And I'll tell you what I think kind of helps. If you've seen what Deontay Johnson did at Pittsburgh, now they're not the same player, but they're both out of the MAC, coming out of Toledo. And I think... Teams are becoming more aware that there is wide receiver talent at all levels. If you bring them in and you use their skills, like the Steelers have done an extraordinarily good job in my book of coaching Deontay Johnson up, getting the ball to him where he can be successful. I think there's going to be a team like that with Dwayne Eskert.
0: Are you concerned about his age? Does that bother you when you're doing your evaluations?
1: I look at it this way. Breakout is great when it's young because it opens my eyes. But I don't use it as a determinant factor to say this young man can't play. So I think some people use breakout age saying he can't do it. He wasn't good until the end. I don't do that. Now, when I see a kid breaks out real young, obviously it opens my eyes. Does that make sense, Larry? Like I use it more for determining the player's athletic skills. I don't use it to say he can't play in the NFL. I think too many people are like, oh, he can't play. I'm a teacher, Larry. I watch freshman high school kids become seniors in high school. Oh, my God. And I don't know about you, Larry. I was a train wreck at 18. Yeah. I had long hair. It was the 80s metal scene. I mean, from 18 to 21, I was – my mom probably thanked God that I made it to 21. I was a train wreck. <laughs> my so, hair may
0: have been longer than yours, man. I
1: <laughs> so sometimes when I, I try to give these young men – a break when they don't have an early opportunity.
0: We mentioned Najee Harris before. What's interesting is that there is this kind of Najee Harris, and then we go to that second tier, which a lot of people have Travis Etienne in. Now, you you have a different take on your second RB2 in the rookie class. Who do you like as your RB2? I'm all in Javante Williams. He's special, dude. He might have
1: the best contact balance in the class. Yeah. It is so hard. I mean, there's some great clips. He is bouncing off people. And let me tell you this, they are bouncing off of him. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they have some they have some great clips. I love power. Now, what I like about him, above average vision. I'm not I don't think he has elite vision, but he has good enough vision. He can get to the edge. I do not think he has home run breakaway. I don't, he's not Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor. You know, right. he gets 20 yards downfield and gone. But he has plenty of speed to get 20 yards downfield. Very good lateral agility. And if you give me lateral agility and quickness get, to get through the first level of defense, I'll take my four or five yards and my 15-yard pops every once in a while all day. Now, he might be able to hit a 50-yard home run. Maybe, you know, mm-hmm. right offense, gets a couple breaks, play falls down but he's not Saquon. He's not Jonathan Taylor, but man, and I'm biased towards big backs, 220 pounds, 5'10". That is all man, folks. And here (laughs) is, I've been doing some more research on my model. I did the top 15 running backs, seven years, 2014 to 2020. I didn't include this class yet, but the top 15 running backs of the last seven years, here, I'm just going to give you the top five weight, height, and weight six feet, 233, six feet, 225, 510, 226, 6'1, 215, six feet, 222. Here's the smallest guy in my model, 511, 202. You have any idea who that player was in the last eight years? Oh, uh,
0: uh, okay. Nice. He's the smallest one. How good yeah. is
1: Christian McCaffrey?
0: Yeah, he's he's okay. Yeah.
1: He's, he's <laughs> <old>. <laughs> I don't I don't have a back in the top 15 who's under 202 pounds. That's McCaffrey's the lightest. Nice. The heaviest is Derrick Henry, 247. Right. And it, that's when he's coming out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, he was my number eight prospect. Here, I'll just top five. Say those height and weight, right? Saquon, Ezekiel, Jonathan Taylor, Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley. Nice. And they're all over. Nope. So, Jonathan Taylor, 5'10", but he was 226. <laughs> I mean, crazy. here's what is fascinating. When you look at Javonta Williams, and I like the film. So, I, anyone who's listening, I think film and analytics are equal. You have to do both. In my opinion, I do both. I love this film. Washington, North Carolina. Tremendous back. But when I plug him into my model and I look – At his 5'10", 220, and I see this, 50 career receptions, 6.3 yards per carry, 22% market share of yards from scrimmage. You know what? Starts to pop. Now, he's the guy. I'll tell you, we're going to miss because of the combine. We don't exactly know what. I will say this. He has very good 10-yard sprinter speed. I don't know if his top end speed is elite like Saquon. I mean, the numbers that Saquon put up, Saquon did a 4-4 yeah. at
0: 233.
1: And this one is still – and I still don't think people give him credit. Jonathan Taylor, 4-3-9 at 226. Oh. I mean, so we, that's the only thing about – that's going to be like the cherry on top. What do we know about Javante? Now, football speed is different than time speed. Sure. But when you look at the football speed, Javonta Williams has a short area burst. He has lateral agility and he has a good 10 yard speed. Now, if he can hit the high gear, you know, 30 yards downfield, I don't know. I don't see it on film. But that, I mean, that's my eyeball, right? Sure. He can go out and run a four or five at that size. You'd be like, oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's the only thing we're going to miss a little bit, I think, in the overall analysis.
0: Now it's not like you don't like ETN. You just no, like I Javonte, You just like Javante more.
1: Yeah, I mean, look. If I'm a coach and I when when I do my film analysis, I put in I put in them in the model. Then I have my film analysis grade, and then I put on my GM hat, my friend Larry. Sure. I say if I'm sitting there at the tenth pick, let's just magically tenth pick, and I need a back. Am I going to take the two twenty or the two o five? Taking the two twenty. I mean, just they're the same height, five ten. And I don't see a big difference on film. They each have different skills. Now, you could say Travis Etienne, I think he's a better receiver, but he played in a better system. Now, the one thing that Etienne is interesting, 7.2 yards a carry. But two reasons. In context, Clemson's got a better offense, and and he had explosive runs. I'm not going to pick on you, but if Williams becomes a Jet, I might be out. (laughs) I mean, uh, yes. Look at what if one of these two players end up in Pittsburgh? It changes the entire narrative. I mean,
0: changes everything. Just like C.E.H. last year. Yes, you know, he went to the Chiefs, and next thing you know, he's the one-one. Everyone's taking. Well,
1: see, I, I got lucky. I always had Taylor. I took Taylor in two leagues, one-one. I inherited. So I love rebuilding dynasty. That's one of my favorite things. Is to take uh, it
0: take an orphan.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like those. Um, actually, I like it more than just a straight dynasty draft sometimes. Because I think it's a bigger challenge. I went from first to second. I lost in the championship game. I was so happy. But I had Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, Brandon Ayuk, and Michael Pittman. Because I took an orphan team. And then I was lucky because I had Cam Newton and Kirk Cousins on it. And Cam Newton was jamming the first five, six weeks of the year. So, you know, I got. And then the Jonathan Taylor began to pop. Cam Akers began to pop. So I was very happy to take that team. And I've had some teams I haven't had that much luck. But that sure. worked. I, I, I was. Now very
0: you like bad. the dispersal, or like just taking over the old the. Old I thing. took
1: over the old roster, right. and he had traded. I don't know what he had traded, but the player he had traded for two picks plus his own two picks, right? So right. I like the one 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 five two one and two seven something right. like that. Oh. And I said, let me start over. I had Kirk Cousins, which I was okay. I'm always okay with Kirk. I. I I think he's underrated dynasty asset. I'll take him. I get he's not a star and then I kept I kept Cam Newton. He and the two of them worked out if you were at, at my was there interesting? Early it was Cam, late it was Kirk.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, kind of and Cam out. just disappeared, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of quarterbacks, but we have about 5 or 6 QBs. I mean, in your estimate, how many QBs do you think will go? in the well let's let's talk both the nfl first round or the nfl draft first round and then then we can get into a super flex draft uh, first round so NFL. right now in the nfl draft how many how many quarterbacks do you, do you see going in the first round
1: five without question
0: okay wow. i think
1: five are off the board in the top 20 here's why there's a lot of teams in demand including the lions just because you have jared golf doesn't mean you don't dip into this class and larry People are smarter than me, I hope, in the NFL front offices.
0: That's pretty debatable.
1: Well, (laughs) if if you look at next year's draft class, Larry, right now, right now, it's bad. There's one legitimate first-round candidate, and that's it. We know in this draft class that there are two. We've had Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields as the top two picks for the last two years. This has Sam Howell out of North Carolina. I don't even know if he's number one overall. He's not Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. He might end up number one because, like Jared Goff, right, might be supply-demand. But that's the only guy I can tell you right now looking from an outside lens. There's only one franchise quarterback. Now, the last couple years, we've had Joe Burrow two years ago, and Zach Wilson came out of basically way at the bottom to become that. So Uh we might still have a quarterback. But here's the thing. If you're a franchise in need of a quarterback, Larry, if you're not doing your homework and you don't understand that there's five first-rounders right now, why are you a GM? Mm Because you're not getting – your odds of getting a franchise quarterback next year are minuscule to this year. So I think five go off the board this year without question in the NFL draft. I think four in super flex, and one won't because he doesn't have running upside.
0: So Zach Wilson. Love him. Let me just
1: get it out there. Love
0: him. He's one of those, the Joe Burrow or the guy that came out of nowhere, the Mitch Trubisky, you know, he kind of just came out of nowhere. Oh, we got to, you know, let's overdraft him. And when did he catch your eye? At what point of the season?
1: (laughs) You know, it's interesting because remember it was COVID in the beginning. Sure. And I played college fantasy football. So we weren't even sure if we were going to have a college fantasy football season. My player rankings, we had to redo them and redo them and do them over. And we had truncated seasons and weird drafts. And we canceled leagues and all this stuff. Well, early in the year, because BYU is independent, they had their schedule collapse. Their schedule was gone. There was literally a point on like August 20th where they had no games. Well, what did that do? That gave them a ton of flexibility. And Uh you know what else they did? They scheduled games on, like, Thursday nights and Friday nights when no one was on. So uh-huh. you know what happened, Larry? Because I was so desperate for football because I'm such a junkie. I'm watching <laughs> BYU, like, the first three, three or four weeks of the season. I saw him every week. And guess <laughs> what happened? Zach Wilson started the pop. Who did not watch it. Now, I remember him as a freshman. And he came in. He was... He was like a three-star prospect if my old man, man memory serves me. He wasn't like, oh, my God, he wasn't Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah. But he was a guy BYU talked about, and he had a good freshman year. Then his sophomore year in 2019, he kind of got hurt and fell off the fell off the map a little bit. But yeah. if you were like me in a football junkie, I had actually played um, Zach Wilson in a DFS team, and I picked him up in a two-quarterback super flex in 2017. So I remember him, and I'm old, so I like BYU because of Jim McMahon, Steve Young, Ty Detmer. You know, I grew right. up where they were the preeminent passing game. Right. So I've always had a fancy for BYU, and I remember Tyson Hill. I saw Tyson Hill play live at UConn against the Connecticut Huskies. He had <laughs> five total touchdowns against us. No. So, and I remember my friend was mad. I'm like, I told you Tyson Hill was good. And he's like, what? <laughs> He's good. So he destroyed us. So the point is, As I started to watch BYU, I was like, oh, my God, this young man. I mean, his leap forward. And then what I said by about his fourth game, I started taking notes, Larry. I said, this guy's too impressive. He's doing things that I can't believe. And he's my number two quarterback.
0: What was his supporting cast
1: like? Underwhelming. I don't think he has one receiver in the NFL. I mean, this tight end Isaac Rex might make it. His number one wide receiver entering the season got hurt, the tight end, so he didn't play. I think it's um, Gunnar Romney and Dax Milne are the two wide receivers. And I know them because I had them in college fantasy football. And Gunnar Romney, I think, is the nephew or grandson of uh, Mitt Romney the um, presidential <laughs> candidate in 2012 he's part of the Romney family and I forget exactly how he's related but he's related to Mitt but he's not his direct son I know that he's not actually his son because his sons are older than that now I'll tell you this the first thing that comes to mind Russell Wilson and John Elway when I watch Zach Wilson that's what he is he has Elway-esque throws
0: on film Undo- he, he's your QB two. Yeah. How far apart are, are Fields and Wilson then for you? Minuscule.
1: It okay. was the hardest
0: decision I've had. More right. than
1: Javonta Williams, Travis Etienne was easier for me than Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. Okay. I, I mean, look at if, if we saw the combiner or, or something happened, I couldn't 100% guarantee you that Justin Fields. Wouldn't overtake Zach Wilson, but there are things that, and I like, see, this is so hard because I like Justin Fields. That's the irony of this. I like Justin (laughs) Fields, right? But when I break it down, I like Zach Wilson a whole ton. The ceiling is just ridiculous. The arm strength is just ridiculous. Really? Yeah, his arm strength. I'm telling you, he's John Elway. This is my. He's got that arm strength because Elway's known for his canon of an arm. But you better pop in the film, my man. Nice. As a Bronco fan, and Larry, can see I have my Bronco blanket behind me. I'm so I grew up and and I've been a Bronco fan since 1977. The Orange Crush, and Lyle Alzado, Randy Gratishar, Tom Jackson, Craig Morton, love them, love them. So I was was watching all
0: them playoff games against the Browns too.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) It's just you know, it's, and I uh, rest in peace, Marty Schottenheimer. Oh, always great coach, great coach. I don't care. Playoff results don't matter. You were a gentleman and a great coach. Um, Always respected the heck out of you. Hard games fought, even though we got we were always on the better side. But but those are great games, my brother. So I'll say this: one of my favorite plays that very few people can make, and Elway used to make this. I think he made it. I can do two playoff games against. Cleveland, and one time when Schottenheimer was in Kansas City. So I saw Schottenheimer a ton as a Bronco fan. Right. So um, anyways, Elway would roll to the right. He would be on the right hash mark. And he would make this throw. They never tell you to throw across the field when you're not looking and all these things, right? Elway would literally throw 40, 50-yard darts to the left sideline, to Vance Johnson or Ricky or, right. or or Mark Jax. And you're like, no one should make that play. That's absurd. Like, no one should make that play. <laughs> if you watch our breakdown next, is it two weeks we're doing Zach Wilson? Yeah, I think it's two weeks. There's a play we have on tape. Zach Wilson does John Elway. Oh, yeah? Rolls to the right. He's about three yards. He's about three yards on the right hash mark. He stops, plants his feet, throws the ball to the left side where the pylon is in the front of the end zone,
0: 60 yards. Oh, Just dude. a brilliant
1: throw, dude.
0: You're getting Very, me all like pumped about Zach Wilson now.
1: Ah, uh, you got I me. Mean, so look at yeah. now—is he? Does he have Favre-like mistakes? Yeah, yeah, I could see it, and a little bit, you know, Donovan McNabb mistakes. You're like, ugh, why are you doing that? Like, you know, because he he trusts his arm. I mean, right. I, I would too if I had that arm and I was 21 years of age. I would <laughs> too. But look at all the great quarterbacks have but every one of them. I've never seen a great quarterback that didn't make a throw from Dan Marino to Dan Fouts to Brett Favre to Peyton Manning, where you go, what are you? Oh, whoa, whoa, what a play. Wow. Every great quarterback has that. That's one of the reasons Marcus Mariota failed. He doesn't have it. Marcus Mariota is, and Alex Smith can't, he could be so good, but you see Marcus Mariota and, and, and Alex Smith must share a gene. I will, not throw, I will not throw an interception. Dink, dunk, dunk, <laughs> dink. What's the knock-on on Wilson, then? You know what? I think people don't like the young players coming out of nowhere. Okay. So they're going to find excuses. Oh, he's BYU. It's not the Power Five. Who cares? Lots of quarterbacks outside the Power Five. Mm-hmm. He's not the biggest guy. He's 6'3", 210. Now, I'll say this. That's not let's, too, be, uh, not too bad. let's say this. If he got an official measurement because he looks thin – but, you know, weight is kind of weird. Justin Fields looks thin too. And Justin Fields, let me see, he's listed at – where is it right here? Justin Fields is listed at 228. If you watch Justin Fields, he doesn't look 228. Right. So <laughs> but as long as Zach Wilson comes in at 6'2", over, over 205, that's fine. I think he had a late growth spurt. Growth spurt and I think people want to write the narrative – He wasn't a five-star prospect, and everyone just has convinced themselves mentally for the last two years. It's Lawrence and Fields, Lawrence and Fields, Lawrence and Fields, and nothing can break through that narrative. Nothing. That is ironclad. It's like the Iron Curtain with Stalin on the Eastern (laughs) Europe, right? Like, nothing's getting through that narrative. Right but I don't care about that. Joe Burrow was number one pick last year. No one knew who he was in the summer of 2000. he looked good. He looked good. So I I advise any of your listeners, and look, if you disagree with me, that's cool. I get it. This is fun, right? We're debating. I'm just going on 42 years of experience, film study. I don't care how the player got to the summit. I don't Mm -hmm. care where they started. I don't care what the journey looked like. All I care about is when the summit, when they reach it, what's my analysis? And I think people don't like that Zach Wilson came out of essentially nowhere. If he's out of SEC school, let's say Zach Wilson did this exact same thing at an SEC school or a Big Ten school. He might
0: be the number one pick in the draft. Uh-huh. But he's at BYU, so people just don't want to accept it. Ooh, I'm getting excited. Now, now, the reason I get excited, I'm a Jets fan. Oh, and every, everywhere is- I look... I see Zach Wilson getting mocked for the Jets. He that's is legit. the number two pick. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh, and I, I had the same. I from what you were just saying, I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Because I mean, <laughs> we finally got our guy in Darnold. I mean, he yeah. came to a team that didn't have any roster to speak of, let alone the coaching staff that's been constantly flipped over on this. Don't underestimate
1: kid. how bad Adam Gase is.
0: Yeah. No. Not at all. I, I'm. I'm. I'm all in. I was all in on Darnold. Um, I. I, I mean, I mean, where, where were you on Darnold?
1: Oh, I just looked. Let me, I think I had him at number two. I did. Yeah. Last, I had him ahead of Baker. That's how much I like this film. But yeah. I will say there were red flags that I should have noticed in Darnold.
0: And the I mad over?
1: at myself. He didn't have enough games played. Some of his cumul in my model, some of his overall numbers didn't hit my threshold. I should have noticed. But. The ceiling of Darnold was so tempting. It's like that gold nugget in 1849 in the river in San Francisco. You just want another goal. Like, you could – and there's – I mean, you're a Jets fan. There are still plays that Darnold makes where you see the ceiling. Yeah. Like, know the athletic ability is there. He just has not – and look, if you don't think teammates and coaching matter, please – I mean the jets have done this young man zero favors as far as development is concerned come on how many times did you have to see frank gore first and 10 get 2 yards up the middle oh. i mean <laughs> I mean, they did no favors to this young man to groom him.
0: It's the reason that I'm in so much into fantasy football. You'll find that a lot, a lot of Jets fans are are fantasy <laughs> analysts, and it's the reason why I have to. I watch football on two TVs. The big TV has the red zone, and the small TV has the Jets game. <laughs> and the jets came is as, as low volume so it's <laughs> like you know I know what the deal is and and I'm still in on Darnold. so that's that's the struggle that I'm dealing with because I was so in on him when he came out and I know the situation that he came into was which was dire uh an understatement just uh to be mentally you know I' was like oh man I'm telling my then three-year-old and I'm like man he's you're going to be 21. And he's still going to be playing for the Jets. <laughs> you know that sort of yeah. thing. Kind of haven't really seen him myself. to Be honest with you, because he's been injured and he's never had any kind of supporting cast to speak of. Uh, I mean, if I had to knock something on him, like I, I never really, I haven't seen the, uh, the the fire in him yet. You know, I haven't seen him like you know have that you know the eye of the tiger almost. You know. Well, something I'll like say that? one
1: thing. Let's be fair. Eli Manning never had that. But Eli Manning had a good organization around him. Now, let me say, and I'm going to say something, and it's about Darnold. The value is in keeping Darnold. The value is in keeping Sam Darnold. I cannot give up on a guy who I've given no assets to to succeed. I can't do it. This kid (laughs) should have just graduated college like 12 months ago. So, he's
0: younger than Joe Burrow, I believe.
1: Oh, no, by far. Like, he's like <laughs> two or three years younger than Burrow. There is no – so what I how I look at it, I basically have a one-year rookie, right? Let's just say his first two years were worth one year of college. I have a one-year rookie. He doesn't show me a lot. But I've done him zero favors. And here's – I'm going to answer that second pick is worth freaking gold right now. You yep. keep Darnold – you trade down and get a boatload. Remember, the Jets traded so much to get Darnold, they actually hamstrung the organization. Then they didn't draft well with the few picks they had around him. And then they literally brought in the worst coast possible in Adam Gates. So what oh,
0: yeah. do
1: I what do I do? I still got, they have one more year on this rookie deal, right? I'm going all in to see if Darnold's good. I'm going to, so that's what I'm going to do. Trade down. And I'll tell you who I'd want in an ideal scenario. Sewell out of Oregon. You put Sewell and Becton at the tackle, and then you get a running back who can actually gain eight yards on a down. I got something.
0: So you're going to trade down and still get Sewell?
1: Yeah. Well, I can't go too far. Yeah. But I think I could work out a tra- look. I see Quentin that.
0: Nelson. That's what the Jets did. That's how the Colts got Quentin Nelson. They traded yes. back with the Jets and picked up Quentin Nelson. And he's the best guard in the NFL. I think they nailed their other all the second round picks they got from the Jets, too.
1: Yeah, look at I want look. I'm old, Larry. I build from the inside out after oh, I get really my quarterback. Yep. And if I got two tackles who are 6'5. 320 pounds I mean and you've seen I know you must watch Becton had highlights that are mind-blowing this year when he's on the field
0: oh yeah he's enormous
1: (laughs) and he is a devastating run blocker I mean just absolutely devastating if you can coach him up and keep him on the field I think Panay Sewell is stupendous coming out of Oregon Look, I get two tackles like that, Larry. Then I let my quarterback. Let's see what he can do.
0: Right. And people uh, don't forget Joe Douglas, former offensive lineman.
1: Yes. And and guess what? My friend, if they stink, then you get rid of Darnold. And then you bring in a guy and you have some parts around him.
0: Yeah. No, that's always been the biggest issue with with them. They brought him into an empty, you know. Let's look
1: at this. Why was Dak Prescott? And I love Dak Prescott. Why was he good? He walked into. An, he had Ezekiel Elliott in a first flight offensive line. Why? <laughs> why do you want to be Mac Jones and go to f- Indianapolis? They have mm-hmm. a first class offensive line and Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> the Jets have never done that for their quarterback.
0: I would agree with you. That's what I would do as well. Like I said, I'm not out on Sam because I haven't seen enough of him, and I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him with any sort of coaching or or anything. You know, he's well, just. Sam,
1: the salary cap dictates that you get you got give him one more year. He's on his rookie deal. Hey, if you have to pay him, he hit a home run. You win. If you don't, you just let him fly the coop.
0: Right, and then I get to keep this fat head behind me.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so okay, so that'd be great either way. So uh, I guess I can't go wrong as a Jets fan because you have this great quarterback class that's sitting there. And if they choose to, I mean, I would, I would love to trade the pick and just accumulate a whole bunch of. I'm a dynasty guy, so I love to trade. So of course, I want to be like, let's trade the picks and <laughs> let's get that
1: more picks. Worked so much, my friend. How about if you could trade down with the Lions? I would yeah. do that in a
0: heartbeat. Sure, there's, there's plenty of teams that are that are quarterback needy. There's one guy that came out with Sam that didn't really get a fair shake, also josh rosen up to other than he just got signed to a year uh, extension with san francisco right now Did, where were you at on him he's my biggest miss in the last seven years no
1: kidding I, i'm always honest with everyone i, I, thought, he looked, I
0: thought he looked great in and ucla like he, he looked he like was, a real quarterback
1: yeah you know what though there are two red flags that i should have paid attention to he can't escape the pass rush The reason why I I still think Darnold's got a future, he is an athletic quarterback. You can see it. So there's Mm -hmm. no question. Rosen doesn't have that. Rosen should have been born in 1975.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: he should have been, well, no, not, let's say, he should have been a senior in college in 1975. He's a 70s, 80s quarterback. Pure pocket passer with no athletic ability. And then the narrative, which I look at, I've heard lots of different narratives, so I'm always skeptical. People said he didn't love football. Well, he's a young man. I kind of ignored that. I wasn't sure what that meant. That could be subjective in my opinion. But I will say this, looking back now, that came true. And his his lack of high-end athletic ability has hurt him at the NFL. Now, I'm all in on the quarterback who has pocket presence, mobility, and escapability. And Rosen didn't have that. He okay. just didn't have that. And I'm sh- And and i I'm, an, I'm old, so I grew up with the pocket passer, Eli Manning, sure. Dan Fouts, Dan Marino. It, that game is gone. That game yeah. is gone.
0: I can't draft those guys. Now, is that the reason why Haskins – I mean, other than he's just a dope, but is that the, is that the same reason why Haskins is kind of Sim- flaming out right now as well?
1: Similar. My big red flag. So I had Haskins number two that year behind Kyler Murray um, ahead of Drew Locke and and dwayne or uh, daniel jones so it wasn't um but haskins lack of athletic ability was was obvious and the red flag was lack of games played he mm-hmm. only had one year in his belt yeah that's why i'm a little worried about trailing. 50
0: touchdowns everybody that's you know, kind of salivating to uh these nfl guys right
1: yeah i mean he looked the part but that's the system
0: so you a uh you running backs guy wide receiver guy or quarterbacks guy
1: I'm a quarterback guy. That's my favorite.
0: You're a quarterback. I'm a running backs guy. So I, I running backs.
1: <laughs> Don't get me wrong because of fantasy. I love him, but I always grew up as the quarterback guy.
0: Trevor Lawrence is obviously the, the one, the 101. And yeah. Yeah, everyone knows about him. Where would you draft him in a dynasty startup? Number 12. Your QB. He would be your QB 12.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. And see how fast those. How about this?
0: See how fast those twelve go off the board. Let's just do this. Play this little game. So the quarterback twelve right now is Matt Stafford. I'd rather have Lawrence. Rather have okay. Yeah, Lawrence. Lawrence in or dynasty. Tua? In dynasty, of course. Yes, uh Tua or Lawrence.
1: Oh, Lawrence. I, I he's a better prospect in my model.
0: Yeah. Let's keep going. So Aaron Rodgers or Trevor Lawrence. You got to go, Lawrence. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you got in a dynasty if, if he, I mean,
0: You're not taking the 37-year-old over the 21-year-old. You're, not, you're yeah? not. Uh then it can, then we start getting into like, you know, Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence. Oh, Trevor Lawrence.
1: He's the best okay. prospect in the last 8 years in my eyes.
0: So in a, I mean in a dynasty, who are you I mean what quarterbacks are you taking over Trevor Lawrence in a dynasty startup? Pat Mahomes? Oh, definitely uh, Mahomes,
1: Watson, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. Josh right. Allen, Justin Herbert. Yeah, you're right. So that's seven.
0: Um, and then that, then that's where we get into Joe Burrow land.
1: I guess you could argue Joe Burrow. I mean, I would rather have – maybe I'm underestimating Lawrence. Maybe Lawrence is number eight or nine. Who I mean, else if, is in there? Who's on that list from like eight to 12?
0: I'm just going by okay, – yeah, you know let's see. do this. I'm, uh, I'm in DLF right now. Yeah. I'm going to go to – I'm going to go to ADP. I yeah. was just, I was just in regular rankings. Let's just go to the, let's go, let's go to the horse's mouth right here. Yeah. 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 January. Oh, they're not going to have Lawrence here, but it'll yeah. give us an idea of.
1: Yeah. Just give me the other guys.
0: In ter- terms of QB. So we have Mahomes, Murray, Allen, Watson, one through yep. four. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson, five. Yeah. QB six, Herbert. Yeah. And then we have Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow. Okay. We've
1: got Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson ahead of them.
0: Okay. So you have, so, so Lawrence is right up, right around the Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, eight, QB eight, QB nine.
1: Let's say QB nine.
0: Okay. Yeah. So if we have Lawrence in the top 10.
1: Yeah. I I would have to go on value there. I'm trying to think if there's anyone who's sneaky that I could look at. You see, so Baker Mayfield, that would be an interesting question but I think ceiling for Lawrence is higher. That I guess that would, yeah. I mean, maybe nine or 10.
0: All right. Yeah. I, mean, um, I'm
1: in on Lawrence. I just haven't really sat down and said who is actually better. Now you make me think about it. You're yeah. Probably around nine or 10.
0: I'm going Trevor Lawrence over Dak Prescott.
1: I can't do that. Cause I, I don't know. I, I, Dak Prescott. So damn good. If he stays in Dallas, let's say that if he stays in Dallas, Cause I do think he has the wide receivers in the system to help. Oh, yeah.
0: well, Dan, I mean, I mean, these startups are starting to happen right now. I have one. My first startup is on the 17th oh. and I, I actually have the third pick.
1: So I will say my strategy in general, and I had a super flex startup last year and yeah. I drafted late. I got Carson Wentz and it hasn't worked out, Sure. but I also got Kirk cousins in it and I got Jalen hurts. Nice. So I tend to still draft late, but that's mm-hmm. just – and I'm happy with those three guys, especially if Wentz leaves Philadelphia. So that, yeah. makes, that would make me even happier. But that's what I did last year. In a, I had one redraft – well, and then I took Orphan. That was a strict – straight from, you know, I like the Orphans better, but that was a strict startup. Yeah. So I went heavy. My second and third picks were D.K. Metcalf and A.J. Brown.
0: Oh, can't go wrong there. Yeah, my problem with
1: I took Barkley at number one.
0: What's what's your wheelhouse? You got Dynasty, you got redraft, you got DFS, you got best ball. I mean, what what floats your boat? What what are you most into?
1: <laughs> if you ask me, my favorite is a keeper league, five or six keepers.
0: Oh, wow, so
1: turnover. Dynasty, if you're not winning, it's very hard to stay involved, especially if you just end up in a league with like three super teams. <clears throat> but And that's why I think I get orphans all the time because people quit. Yep. Um, I like the keeper league with five or six because it rewards you this year if you took Justin Herbert. But the guy who missed on Justin Herbert still has a chance to build a good team through the draft. So I, I want to kind of take the best of Dynasty and the best of Redraft, and mm-hmm. I've had a league for thirty-two years with three-player keeper league. I would love, but the the owners don't want to bump it up to five because they think I'm too good. They don't <laughs> want to keep outvoting me, and that's fine. I'm cool with it. <laughs> yeah, you know, because you, when you got a guy who's on the the podcast and you do this, I ain't. You know, they want to beat me. They think you're right. up to
0: something. Yeah, every every yeah, trade yeah. proposal they got, they're just like, uh, oh, what's this guy up to?"
1: Yeah, so I'm okay. It is because I'm these guys I've known since college, so that's more important. But I like where it gives bad teams an opportunity to get better, but it rewards teams if you really sneak in a Jalen Hurt, Justin Herbert, Brandon Ayuk late in the draft. You can keep those type of players. Right. So that's what I love. And I do love DFS. I mean, I love DFS.
0: Just touching on a on a first round super flex. With all these QBs coming out, and it's a super flex, let's just go 12 team, 10 starter, 25 man, you know, five taxi. Yeah. How many first round QBs do you think would go in a 12 team super flex in the first round of a rookie draft?
1: Just rookie. Yeah. Four. Easy four.
0: Four. So that opens up all those other place. Yeah. It does. If you had the first three picks in the draft, one, two, and three. Knowing that it's a super flex and these quarterbacks are coming out. How are you going to make those picks? Are you, I mean, just whatever, hypothetically or whatever.
1: Lawrence, Najee, Jamar, very. Just
0: gonna, just gonna just gonna take a pick, take from each buffet dish,
1: and make the other people figure it out. Because I don't want to go to quarterbacks as I'm hurting my other positions too much. Uh-huh. And the value in Najee in my model, Najee right now. If I was to put him in, I have. If I put him in right now. He'd be my sixth ranked running back in wow. the last eight years. Yep. I would have him behind Todd Gurley and ahead of Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey. Wow. Remember, Fournette was a great prospect. See, so I, what I, listeners do, I do not look back and say, what did they do in the pros? That's insignificant. I'm looking at what did I think of them as a prospect? Leonard Fournette was a great prospect. He hasn't hit the ceiling that I thought.
0: Yeah, well, he'll get a nice payday now after that nice super. Oh yeah,
1: hey, he was six foot two twenty eight, ran a four five one. I mean, Leonard Burnett was one heck of a prospect,
0: and he had a great season two years ago.
1: Yeah, there's looking. The problem was he's a fourth pick overall, and no running back is probably worth the fourth pick overall, and it just didn't. And then, unfortunately, he played with McCaffrey in the same draft class, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: McCaffrey stands out.
0: Yeah. So those quarterbacks are just pushing all those oh, position wow. players into the second round. if Absolutely. you if if you anticipate four quarterbacks going in the first twelve, that leaves only seven position players in a deep draft rookie uh, draft when we we talk about the three legit running backs, then we have the i mean, are there more than three legit running backs? or is it just no,
1: I have a big tier. There's three,
0: uh-huh, and then it There's just drops. Three.
1: Clearly three. Yeah. That's why I'm not taking a wide receiver. If though one of those three running backs are on the board or one of the big four quarterbacks, I'm not taking a wide receiver. Larry, the wide receiver class is silly. Yeah. I like 24 guys in this group.
0: They're,
1: they're loaded again. They're loaded. And look at last year, second round. Brandon, well, Brandon Iyuk was late first round, sorry. Mm-hmm. T. Higgins, Michael Pittman. There's talent, I mean, and there's still guys we like next year who I think will grow and look at Justin Jefferson, what he popped. So like, yes, I'm going, I'm going wide receiver heavy second and third round.
0: I just did a trade this week. Yeah, yeah. I'll just tell you yeah. what the trade was. And you tell me what All side right. you got. It was a, it was Tyler Johnson for a 21 third, early 21
1: third Tyler Johnson. It's not even what?
0: close. Oh yeah. You like Tyler Johnson that much? Oh yeah. Especially
1: if Chris Godwin, I think is out.
0: Nice. Nice. I have the Tyler Johnson side. Yeah, because Tyler
1: Johnson, a year under his belt with Brady and Arians with Chris Godwin, I'll take the ceiling on that any day of the week. Cuz looky, you might hit a home run with
0: 3-1, but you're more
1: likely to strike
0: out. And he flashed Johnson. this year too. I mean, he's a rookie that flashed in a, in a deep yeah. offense in a, where the skill positions were, you know. With Brady. Yeah, with Tom Brady I and mean, you get his trust and
1: Yeah, I, I'll take him. And I would say this, Tyler Johnson has, he's not as quick as a Julian Edelman or Wes Welker, but he has route running and hands that are on par with, actually Wes Welker didn't have good hands, but he's got better hands than Wes Welker, probably as good as Julian Edelman, and he's a great route runner.
0: Uh He just
1: isn't like elite separation, but Brady will get him the ball if he gets the starting job.
0: How many roster setting leagues are you in?
1: Last year I was 15. My height is 28. I'll never do over 20 again. Yeah. I would love 10. That mm-hmm. would be ideal. But I, because people ask me and I, I work for the diehards, I do do those other things. So I end up in more than I always want. And it does get to be a – I'm almost becoming the point where I like to help people roster build and research almost as much, if not more, than I actually do managing the grind when I'm doing my research, I'm trying to do that. I'm doing – and like I said, then I miss my safety and I lose the game by two points. You know, that just drives me crazy. But, you know, with family, kids, work, all that stuff. Oh, you, yeah. You know.
0: You're, you're worrying about IDP and stuff. Jesus, yeah. It's that's just,
1: it, it, the grind <laughs> is like by week 11, you're like, holy
0: crap. <laughs> do you have a season that just kind of – that you remember? Like th- I, this – I. You know, monster yeah. year. This is my greatest season ever. I can't believe this is happening right now. Like yeah. you have one, you have a particular, a particular season that's. I'll
1: never, I I drafted Randy Moss in my keeper league in the first round.
0: What year are we talking here?
1: 1997 was he then a rookie in
0: oh, Minnesota. So the Vikings. Oh uh, yeah. Vikings, know, Randy Moss. Moss. Dante Culpepper.
1: I had Terrell Davis, Isaac. No, Terrell Davis, Tim Brown, Michael Irvin. Vicky, Vinny Testaverde on the Ravens, Randy Moss, Eddie George, teams nice. loaded, my friend. Mm-hmm. I went fourteen and oh. Guess what happened in the first round of the playoffs?
0: Oh, one and done.
1: Oh, oh. lost.
0: Well, Terrell, Terrell Davis didn't didn't hurt you because no, him, no, him. it
1: was I. You know, I think I ran into you know how you run into buzz saw sometimes where like oh, yeah, you're like how did that guy score one twenty? I had like a ninety six point day. Now this was before PPR. This uh-huh. is just yards and touchdowns, and I think I ran into that day where it, he had Jerry Rice, and he had like another running back who scored. You know, just like yeah,
0: oh, your kicker, t- your kicker took a shit on you.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That I'll never forget. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that one I can't. So it wasn't. It was magical in a different way because yeah. when you go undefeated, and I won, so I got lucky one other year. Probably was like. 2002, 2003. It's the first year Carson Wentz started for Cincinnati, remember. Comes out of USC, Heisman winner. Then he sits behind John Kitna. Oh, what do you mean? Yeah, Carson Palmer. Who did I say? Wentz. Oh, sorry, Carson Palmer. So I drafted Palmer that year as my fantasy guy, and I had Corey Dillon of the Patriots and, like, Curtis Martin of the Jets, and I went undefeated, and I actually won the league that year. Uh-huh. But I remember the Moss because he was a rookie, and because I lost. That's the one uh-huh. that like you just can never come over- overcome.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, and you just steamrolled everybody. There's no better feeling when you have that team that just uh-huh. like you have the set it and forget it lineup. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, baby, let's do this. We got oh John Law. We got the Gridiron Scholar. You can find him on Twitter at Gridirons. Sch- Goal ninety one. chol 91. one. Uh, from, from what I understand, what was it that you couldn't afford the AR? How's that really work?
1: Afford the A and the R, so it's gridiron. skull ninety one.
0: And you okay. do you do a lot of stuff, man. You're FF diehards. So, I mean, what what else you got going on? The draft Bible. Uh, subscribe. What is it? NFL at NFL draft Bible? Yeah, and... I basically
1: have. There's three sites to see my work in general. NFL Draft Bible is the draft seminar. The videos, they're available on YouTube, available on their website, nfldraftbible.com. My written profiles are footballdiehards.com, and my quarterbacks literally came out today. So you can go see that. Running backs are next week, then wide receivers. So I keep adding as the, the, the season goes along. Then my college fantasy football stuff is fan tracks. But I don't really have any college stuff coming out this time of the year.
0: These D- NFL Draft Bible um, seminars are are great. I, like I said, I think I banged out about three or four of them today. So yeah, jump in on those and and we'll get we'll get we'll get this on and sky back to history class tomorrow. So anyway, <laughs> thank you and and one more time. Here we go. This is it. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast.
1: One two three four.
0: Talking down the football, baby.